If you love jean jackets, iced coffee, and some Oreos, you might be in luck. On this episode of Love and Movies, we're going over 2018's groundbreaking, but also a little bit divisive, Love, Simon. thinking about why I haven't come out yet. Maybe it's because it doesn't seem fair that only gay people have to come out. Why is straight the default? All right, what is up, everyone? We are here to talk about Love, Simon. I got into my Rolodex of my gays, and I pulled out Will Hunt. What's up, Will? Hey, love to be on the top of a a gay list. And that's, um, that's what I'm here for. So for everyone that doesn't know Will, um, me and Will know each other through work. We used to be co-workers at an agency together, and we actually have only met each other in person one time. He's in L.A. right now, and I'm, I'm in New York. And yeah, Will, um, I'm really, really excited to talk about this movie. I am so excited. I have so many thoughts. This movie is very close to my heart, but I also have a lot of things about it that I wish were different. And so I, I have a lot to say and uh, a lot of fun observations um, from like doing a, a more intense rewatch. Yeah. What can you tell me about this movie in terms of like, why does it hold such a, a big spot in your heart? It's like the first of its kind, right? Like, it was the first major studio movie to focus on gay teens. I believe that's the right like statistic or whatever. And it's a beloved book. I actually, in preparation for recording with you, I read all three Simon verse books, which I had never read. I rewatched the spinoff series, Love Victor. And I watched the movie again, multiple times. So I'm like, really deep in the simon verse the simon cinematic yeah. universe are, are you on a love simon reddit thread yet like are you are you a leader of one of the the threads you know i feel like those things i'm going to get into this later more so i do feel like the audience of love simon isn't actually like me and people like me i think the intended audience is a wide range of different people which we'll get into later. It still holds a special place in my heart, though, because, of course, it's like, it's such a sweet story. It, um, you know, I feel represented in certain ways, and there's ways that I don't, but I love the scenes with his parents. I love, um, I love Nick Robinson. I think he's, I liked him as an actor before this movie and after yeah. I thought, you know, since it's if it's a straight actor which is of course you know controversial uh he did a good job like i think he pulls it off and he's very charming and likable and became kind of a poster child so it's and it's just like a fun movie to watch it's delightful i think the the comedy in it is really solid yeah i think that they did they did a good job of you know, writing jokes that weren't too much of making light out of what was happening, but... Right. 
I they, think like they, they had some like really like funny moments actually. They, and like they they weren't like over yeah. like they weren't just like over the top with it. I think that's what was right what made some of the jokes land really well. Well, and and talk about like a really difficult needle to thread that they oh, yeah. were doing with this movie because they were representing an underrepresented group of people that was going to have so much pressure. Like, you know, me and all my gay friends watching this movie, we have right, the right. highest expectations. And a lot of my friends don't like this movie and, yeah. and have a lot of issues with it. And I have my issues with it too. But in terms of, okay, this movie has to appeal to a wide audience and we want this to kind of be a movie. I think in terms of like leaning towards one direction or the other, one direction being we want this to be an authentic gay experience for gay people and the other direction being like we want this to be a really accessible friendly film that will like hopefully change minds and change hearts and like encourage like young kids that are closeted to come out and also people who are homophobic to kind of like change their views like they lean towards the latter right they they made something really palatable and really clean and really like lovable and i think that was the right call like for the time for the movie for where we were so like i stand by that choice it just means that there were some sacrifices in terms of what do do you feel some of those accuracy right what do you what do you feel like some of those sacrifices were for example blue is a big part of the movie in theory but he doesn't really come in until like a couple of like quick kiss scenes at the end. Um, obviously, we see Bram earlier on, um, but there's no like you never get a sense that Simon is a sexual being at all. There's really oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't it's kind like of just like I think the the parts that Nick Robinson really pulls off because it's where obviously he was given the most work to do is like the feeling of being happy but having holding back and having a secret and that's why that scene with jennifer garner is like one of the best scenes of the movie and like made me cry every time i watch it i think that stuff is handled really well i think the idea like we just kind of really brush over the like uh simon being like obviously he's meeting guys and he's kind of attracted to them but it feels very chaste and very innocent right right which i feel like is and it's weird that they they overlooked that or like didn't lean into that because whether he's gay or not he's uh a male high schooler (laughs) right he's like a hormonal teenager like like, you know how horny teenagers are like you know so that is kind of weird like regardless of sexual orientation it just it feels like not accurate the gayer he's allowed to become, weirdly, the more sexless he also becomes because, like, at the beginning, his dad is making jokes that he's, like, masturbating to Gigi Hadid, and there's even a yeah, joke. Yeah. I only noticed this on my third watch. There's a joke. Nick, it, it gets cut off, so he doesn't say the words, but Nick is joking about how when he asked out, it was either Leah or Abby. And he was nervous because he's only had sex once. And he was like, actually, I've been practicing. I bought this thing called a pocket put. And then he gets cut off. I don't know (laughs) if you clocked that. It's in the lunchroom scene. That's funny. I didn't hear that. And I'm like, okay, so the straight high school kids are allowed to have these like pretty sexual jokes. And sexual experiences. And when it comes to Blue and Simon, it feels very above the waist or like above the neck. 
which is okay. And again, like I understand why that choice was made. Like this yeah, is spo- yeah. this is supposed to be like a really welcoming ease in movie for people that yeah don't know a gay person or don't think they know a gay person or whatever. So again, <laughs> I like I understand it. Right. This was uh, uh, picking Joe Biden, not Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Very that. Yes, perfect metaphor. Um, That's what this was. So there's um, there's moments like that. I mean, I have more when we get into the categories. I have more specifics, yeah, but I know you want definitely to take us. Well, through the... yeah. Let me. Um, why don't I give everyone a quick synopsis, just in case they haven't watched this in, in a while, and in case they haven't watched it in general. Um, so. Simon Spear, uh, it's played by Nick Robinson. He's a teenager with a secret. He's gay. Um, So, you know, he goes on this long opening monologue about his parents are super hot. Uh, His dad was an All-American quarterback. Uh, His mom is a therapist. She was a hot valedictorian, he says. And he has a younger sister who who likes to bake a lot of things, whether they're good or not. So from the very beginning, we know Simon is gay. He talks about having a secret. And then he looks out the window at a hot guy getting ready to tend to a lawn. So then we kind of watch him just go about his normal life with his friends. Eventually, he gets on an online forum. And it's a page for his high school for people to post things anonymously about themselves. So he reads a post from someone uh, with the username Blue explaining that they're gay and no one knows. So Simon decides to write back and they quickly begin chatting quite a bit. Simon starts to have his own thoughts on, you know, who Blue might be throughout the movie. Bram Greenfield is one of his uh, top choices because of an Oreo comment made in real life that was similar to an online convo that they have. While all of this is happening, him and the anonymous Blue confide more and more in each other in their on their online correspondence. Simon is emailing Blue from a school computer at one point. There's a character named Martin that actually sees these emails and he begins to blackmail Simon into making one of Simon's friends like him so there's a lot of stuff that's going on simon's making sure yeah a lot of terrible stuff that's going on uh of simon making sure that abby starts to like martin and eventually it comes to a head when martin decides to confess his love for her in front of the whole school during a football game it's really awkward he gets rejected in front of everyone and decides to make a post on the anonymous forum saying that simon is gay so simon is outed He deals with the repercussions of this, you know, not being accepted by some people, people making fun of him, his friends abandoning him and obviously having to come out to his parents at a time when he wasn't really ready for it. Eventually, Simon writes a big note on the school forum and he admits that he's gay and he'll be waiting on the Ferris wheel for Blue to show his face. So it's like a school carnival. He rides the Ferris wheel a billion times and then finally Blue shows up. And it's Bram Greenfield, who Simon suspected of being blue until he actually walked in on him earlier in the movie, making out with a girl in a bedroom at a party. You get the classic like bedroom makeout at a party mm-hmm. scene. So that was a quick synopsis of the movie. I really did enjoy this movie. I, I feel like it's a movie that you would expect to be a little more light in a way uh, and have a few more laughs than it did. I think the humor was good and we talked about that, but... You know, it actually balances the tone really well, in my opinion. It's not a serious drama. You know, you're clearly not watching Moonlight, but it's also right. not silly to, you know, it's not too silly. It's not making light of the situation of coming out. It's not on the same level of, say, like Kissing Booth or to all the boys uh, I loved before. It's nothing like that. It, it is more right. serious than that. And I think they did a really good job of that. Yeah. No, I totally agree. It's very... um I think some of the best parts of the movie, interestingly, are things that they added or changed from the book. 
I also feel like some of the best the best parts of the book are parts that didn't make it into the movie. So it's kind of ironic. One thing that stuck out to me uh, when watching this is I think this movie is a conservative's worst nightmare. It's a movie about gay love where someone interrupts the national anthem. I mean, we cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you had something good. The look on your face. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that right there is just a a conservative's happy meal for outrage. (laughs) Um, Very true. So one thing I thought was interesting is, you know, Simon told someone that he's only known for six months that he's gay first. He, he talked to Abby in the car um, and he mm. actually said that it was easier. You know, um, I thought that that was a very interesting thing that I think something that our generation and I guess the generation under us, Gen Z, probably understands more than a lot of past generations because we can connect with so many more people around the world and we are mm-hmm. you know exposed to so many others that we wouldn't ever get to meet and things um, and I just thought that was very interesting that idea of being more open with people that you're actually not as close to when someone's a stranger the stakes are so low yeah and obviously like in the context of the movie like abby's not a stranger she's close friend and and they have a lot of friends in common so it's not like it's no stakes i would have been interested to see a scene where simon's talking to like a random person and is like i'm straight up straight up but i do know i do know people like where their first coming out was to a stranger or to like a guy online or like whatever i know a lot of people have had that experience so it, it makes sense to me and i feel like just in general you know it doesn't have to be like coming out. It can be finding an online community that likes the same things that you do, you know, and mm-hmm. no one in your mm-hmm. real life is interested in that. And like, that's where then you can start developing friendships over shared experiences and shared things that you like that. That's something that the generations before us don't really get, I think, because they were just never afforded the internet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I think that I I just like wanted to make note of that. Um, I did have a question for you. Simon talks about when he knew. He said that he kept having a reoccurring dream about Daniel Radcliffe of all people. What (laughs) what was your uh, Daniel Radcliffe poster moment? (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. One of the ways that like my coming out experience was a lot different than Simon's is that I never really had a period of like, I know I'm gay, but I'm not telling anyone. Mm. I had a long period of like being in denial slash just confused about my sexuality. But then once I felt clear about it, I mean, I was also older than like, I was like 21, 21, 22. By the time I was like ready to be like, yes, I figured this out. This is what I'm doing. But even before I was like ready to commit to a label, I like started telling friends that I was like dating guys and figuring mm-hmm. it out. And I, I told my mom the same thing that I like was confused and trying to figure it out. And so I didn't really like have that thing. I mean, I when I look back now, there's definitely like, <laughs> you know, kids in my class in high school or right, or whatever, right. where it's like, oh, I like. It was repressed, but like definitely had a crush on like this guy from my tennis team or like, right, right, whatever, right, right. you know. So one thing about this movie, I, I thought that I think that it's relatable 
you know totally what, i mean that was like you... the mission yeah 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 and you had talked about that i think that like it's just it's a relatable movie whether you identify as queer or not because Mm -hmm. what it does talk about is like introducing yourself to the world as like i'm this type of person i like this thing and i think that they did a successful job of that but i also understand you know some of those other things where like maybe they didn't lean as much into the gay experience as they as they could have right I mean, going back to like casting someone like Nick Robinson, who's not gay, yeah, versus casting Keenan Lonsdale, who plays Blue slash Bram, who is queer. Oh, um, interesting. I mean, I would have been interested to see like, so my one, and again, like I think Nick Robinson actually is great in this movie, and I right, he's, right, he's a charming actor, and I I know he had a lot of personal reservations about playing Simon that he talked to oh, Greg cool. Berlanti, That's the good. director, about like. So I think he did it responsibly and like this is yeah. not any hate on him. And I think he's he did, again, a, a, an impossible ne- needle to thread. And I think he did it really well. Mm-hmm. But I think a tough thing is like the, the chemistry between um, him and Bram. Like, I don't know that there is a big spark there compared to like other rom-coms that are in your other episodes. Like, and they just yeah, don't have that yeah. much time together as part they, of the they problem. Don't, they don't at all. But even like at the party or, and I get that like part of the fun of the movie is the mystery element. Like we don't know who Blue is. So if Simon and Bram had too much chemistry up front, then it would become obvious. And so they, they've got to keep it loose. And like, there's these little moments and smiles and like winks between mm-hmm. Simon and like the three different guys that he thinks might be Blue. I would be interested to see like two queer actors and how it maybe would have felt different, even with a really limited amount of scenes together. Yeah. Um, when I when I first watched this movie, um, I was on a plane. It was at a time where I was traveling a lot for work. I had just moved to New York City. And then in those first like six, seven months, I was traveling a lot. Um, so, you know, when you move to a new city for the first time from being away from family, I feel like, you know, you can be a little lonely, be a little sad and stuff. So when I watched this movie, I like cried like a baby at the moments between him and his parents, because I, yeah. I was like at a point where I was like, oh, you know, I miss my family. And mm-hmm. I, I specifically remember like having to look away from the stewardess as she was like bringing drinks and snacks. <laughs> like I was just a fucking mess <laughs> um, because I think that's you, so you, sweet. You, you said like those scenes were so good. I thought that they were they really brought the movie together in my in my opinion um and I think that you needed those scenes for it to feel more complete and I'm glad that they did that. Yeah, I agree. The stuff that um that that, that was added that was not in the book, like there's some stuff from the book that was taken away but also some things that were added to the film. Um and the reason for the epic Jennifer Garner you can exhale Simon's speech, which is the best scene in the movie, I think, um, was basically she, I mean, you hire an actress like Jennifer Garner to play. Right. And in the book, like Simon's parents are kind of interchangeable, nice folks. And mm-hmm. they're, the coming out scene is there, the Christmas one, but the follow-up scenes, the individual scenes with mom and dad are not in the book. So those were added in. And I think those are really great scenes. Yeah. And then the other character that's added in that I think really grounds the story and also makes it feel 
more real and more gay is the Ethan character is not in the book. Ethan is the like super gay kid that Simon's oh, like oh, not oh. really friends with, but he like yeah he gets bullied and then the the kids dress up. You know yeah yeah yeah. It's, uh, that well, character is not in the book. That's very interesting to know. I thought that um the scene when they, when Simon was talking about Ethan coming out. And they show mm. the scene. They show the scene of the one girl like overreacting. I, like that was yes. like one of the, that was like one of those moments in the in the movie where I'm like, that's like a good laugh. Like that's like good comedy. <laughs> you know, it's like that, that was like really funny. I think the straight coming out scene, also not in the book, super oh, funny. so funny. So Simon funny. coming home drunk and saying aces, <laughs> like those are the types of scenes that Nick Robinson nails, and they're so yeah. funny. And like charming and just a lot of great moments, a lot of great comedic moments. When when Simon had that conversation with his dad, you know, near the end, um, I think the one thing mm-hmm. from that scene was his dad just kind of showing a lot of guilt for missing signs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious, like, is that something that you've heard from? some of your friends that identify as queer as something that is common when people do come out? I mean, I think part of the rap that, that this movie gets is that the experience that Simon has, obviously there's like the trauma of being outed online and that's extremely negative. Yeah. yeah but yeah. the experience he has with his parents and ultimately with like his first high school boyfriend are so idyllic and positive and i don't really Uh, know anyone that had an experience like that at all in high school interesting okay and you know my parents for example are super liberal i knew they would be accepting and they were and i think they were definitely surprised in the way that simon's parents were surprised and like had no idea it didn't go as far as and i know they'll listen so (laughs) you guys are great mom and dad (laughs) but it never went as far as like, oh, I should have seen this. I should have known this. Or, you know, I should have understood that you were hiding something. And I don't know that I even feel like, yeah, you guys should have noticed. Like, I don't I don't feel that way. Like, I was, I was figuring myself out on my own, like, very intentionally keeping that private until it was ready to share. Yeah. So, um, I don't know anyone who had that, that much of like their dad read into it so much. I mean, especially dads and gay sons is like, that can be a really tough relationship for a lot of my gay friends, like especially gay men and their dads like that, that can be tough. Yeah. Um, Part of the great thing about this movie though, is it provides like, hopefully parents saw it or, or are seeing it. And they, they literally (laughs) were given a script that they could recite to their gay child uh, when they come out and like and and i think that was legitimately the intent like how, how many in an, how many uh people out there do you think read like literally googled love simon to to co- love, love simon coming out scene jennifer gardner and just like read it to their their kids <laughs> i hope they did because honestly yeah. like it hits like that the metaphor of like holding your breath you get to exhale now, Simon. You get to be more you than you have been in in a very long time. Such a perfect metaphor for, like you said, like it's a perfect. It's it's one of the one of the things of the movie that is that works really well because it it is very authentically queer, but it's also kind of a universal feeling of like yeah. 
being true to yourself and kind of like letting go and leaning into your identity, right? Which is the true the true romance. I'm stealing this from from the New Yorker review. I was reading some fun reviews of the movie, but this is I wrote this down from Doreen St. Felix for the New Yorker. She says the real romance in the movie is between Simon and his own true public identity. His coming out is far more important than his desire. So she's kind of critiquing the same thing I was critiquing yeah. about, like the non-sexual nature of of the right, way right. he goes about his his gay activities. But um, I do think like the great love of the movie is like Simon and Simon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I and no, that's I, the I magic. Agree. That's that's yeah. what's great about it. I wanted to share one other review that really spoke to me, just in terms of what it's like to be like a grown gay person watching this and what the takeaways are. This is Richard Lawson from Vanity Fair. Great podcaster. Also shout out. (laughs) Um, So he wrote a mostly very positive review of Love, Simon and talked about how he saw it with another gay friend and leaving the theater, like they had cried and they were kind of giddy and excited. And it, it does leave you with this kind of like warm hug. It does. And he said the week after he had this weird kind of like melancholic depression of just like, that's not what my experience was like. And like, I wish I could go back in time and have that, but also I never could have had that. And there is an interesting, like, I I felt it too, not when I first watched it, but watching it again, like I got so swept up in it and it was so magical. But then I, I had this almost like sadness after like jealousy of like, this is just not and I think that that feeling might have turned a lot of queer people off of the movie because they were like wow like this is it it's it's an it can be an unflattering mirror on like if you had a really negative coming out experience it's almost like and I didn't I didn't even have a negative coming out experience but it was like I would have loved to like had this triumphant coming out post and like be have secret emails with a guy that turned out to be like the hot soccer player who's like my boyfriend <laughs> at the end of the movie like who yeah. wouldn't have loved that but like right, I don't right. know anyone I don't know any gay person that had that high school experience so it's like it's amazing it's it's aspirational but it it also can be a little bit like I don't know like I hope my my fear about it is that like gay kids what like watch this and like their coming out experience is much more stilted or like they're mm-hmm. maybe experimenting with guys online or something. And they're like, oh, compared to Simon, like my experience sucks. And like, I'm dirty and I'm, I'm bad. Like I'm doing right, it wrong. Right. But it's like, that actually is not what you and should I don't... be basing it off of. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it is to answer your question, do you, do I have queer friends that had that like conversation with their dad or like different things? Like, I think most of them just don't relate to so much of part, so many parts of this movie, but it is also like, it's, it's like we, I hope that some kid is having this experience in high school. And I think they are like, it, it happens. So yay. More assignments out there i hope more 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 simons um well before we get into the categories let me take you through some of my big wins for this movie it's something i've been doing uh to close out this opening segment um Mm -hmm. big wins for even if they were bad dad jokes (laughs) 
it's just uh, oh, a, hell yeah. a, a movie full of dad jokes and I, mm-hmm. I i have some notes written about them later in the in, in to talk about later so um so big win for dad jokes big win for blackmail <laughs> this is a big huge big blackmail huge, movie huge. probably hall of fame blackmail movie to be honest yep. yep um we also have a big win for zip up hoodies like oh, this yeah. movie alone probably put jc penny back on the map like straight up oh i was gonna say that the shearling denim jacket like the jacket <laughs> yeah that that's in the spinoff it's in love victor he gives oh, it to victor man. as like the i'm passing this on to you now that's my so iconic cheesy. denim jacket that's so and honestly cheesy. like talk about the some of the few authentically gay things like yeah gays love a like denim jacket gray sweater black jeans outfit that's a gay outfit <laughs> big but just huge win for the the shearling lined denim jacket if you were to look into the zip up hoodie industry i imagine the straight men are really uh keeping that up and for Tight, simon yeah. you know simon you know he didn't he didn't know yet uh but he he sheds the zip up hoodie once he, he comes out <laughs> i just thought that was kind of funny does he uh, does he not wear one after I don't, coming out? So I don't, Good I don't know. I don't know exactly if he doesn't actually wear it. However, when he comes out, he has that scene where he's like, what do I wear now? And he's trying on those shirts in front of that the is mirror. an interesting scene to me. <laughs> that is on not to jump ahead, but that is on my list of like unrealistic scenes. Okay. I think most gay kids are Googling how to be less gay. <laughs> well, that's what I'm yeah, that's probably why he was wearing the hoodie then. <laughs> A true maybe and like good for him again like if someone really is out there being like i want to dress gayer like i want to be gayer then like god bless i i would love if a high school kid who's just coming out of the closet yeah, already yeah. has that confidence like that's <laughs> awesome oh uh, yeah instead he i was didn't on, instead he was on google like how, how do i be straight oh go to gap and buy a zip up hoodie okay um right last last <laughs> win <laughs> last win a big win for waffle house obviously uh, we get like three scenes yeah. in Waffle House. Atlanta. Atlanta vibes. It's like the cleanest Waffle House I've ever seen. All the letters are lit up. Like the sign is working. Just immaculate Waffle House. Hot waiter. <laughs> yeah, hot waiter. Uh, mm-hmm. A waiter with all their teeth at a Waffle House. That's that's mm-hmm. that's a big win. Can I offer a big win? Yes, you can. Maybe What's two. Up? Two related big wins. Okay, what is big it? Big win for email wow big win for email yeah like who emails what teenagers are emailing you know i mean mean? i i know like grown friends that don't use email like depending on like what industry you're in like you and i are in like marketing and stuff so i mean email is our life but like i know people that like (laughs) don't email big win for the personal email and big win for the like late aughts era post secrets like local Tumblr account. Do you do you remember Post Secrets? Did you fuck with Post Secrets? I don't know what that is. It's a Tumblr where anyone can submit anonymously something they want to say about the school. Post Secrets was a little bit more like nationwide. Like you could just, you could submit a post and it would be posted anonymously. And it was usually some kind of like dark confession. Oh shit. Okay. I guess there were like more local versions where it was like, based on cities or high schools or whatever my high school didn't have that but email and tumblr email and tumblr big win big win big wins for that like grungy mid-aughts aesthetic 
Yeah. Like, when's yeah. the bleachers and Jack Antonoff who did the soundtrack? All right. So let's get into the categories. All right, everyone. If you've been listening, you obviously know some of the categories that we've been doing. So we're just going to hop into our red flags and green flags. Do you have any red flags for me? Well, I've got two really big ones. Okay. One is outing your friend. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Don't be doing that. And the other close second is when your friend gets publicly outed oh, gosh, dramatically. Yes. yes. Don't be like, you lied to us and abandon him in his time of need. Like, shitty friends. I didn't understand that. Just as a... I didn't read the book and I always like I'm always wary of of saying a movie should have changed something because that's if it wasn't written like that in the book I get it but like like why was that written like that I don't I don't understand (laughs) well it's interesting too because the book Simon's coming out is like halfway through the book and then there's still a long period of like he's figuring things out with his friends and he's still trying to figure out gotcha gotcha okay and this other guy asks him out, and then he goes to a gay bar. And oh wow! So there's friends, a, there's like, a lot that we there's didn't a lot get. in the book from that from like what they cut out of the movie is a lot of that section, like after he gets outed to before he meets Bram. Okay, um, okay, that makes sense. There's a lot of stuff there that like I think does it a little bit more delicately in the book. Although he also doesn't in the book, he's not like manipulating his friends as much. In the movie, they really try to make it seem like yeah. he's like driving wedges. The thing is, by the time they're figuring all this out and getting mad at Simon, first of all, they knew he was being outed and being blackmailed. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. explained it to them. And Abby and Nick got together anyway. Like, are you that mad that Simon was like, you should ask out Leah? You should ask out Martin. Like, they didn't even have to do like. None of it yeah, yeah. happened anyways. Like, it all worked out for you guys. So, like, yeah. why are you pressed? She, yeah, like, she wasn't getting her back blown out by a senior in college, like Simon said. Right. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, my red flags are, I just thought it was, like, a red flag if someone only listens to old music. I was like, Simon, come on. Like, listen to It's kind of try hard. Music. Yeah, it's, it's like try hard. It's like we get it. Like you're into music, we get it. Um, in the book, music is a much bigger part of the book. Like Simon's obsessed okay. with music, and Simon sends like playlists to Blue, and oh, and gotcha. so they they kind of put that in the movie like briefly, but it's more of a, a a spectrum of taste. It's not all old. Yeah, yeah. But he like okay, is that obsessed with Elliot Smith. Like Elliot Smith is the main artist. Okay. Like sad boy, uh, <laughs> vibes in the book. And I don't know, I'm wondering because like it's so notable in the book and I'm wondering why there's not a single Elliot Smith song in the movie or like reference. Um, there is like, there are some lyrics on the on his oh. like chalkboard wall. They even changed Simon's fake email address because in the book it's Elliot Smith lyrics and then it gets changed to the Kinks lyrics in the movie. Maybe they couldn't use Elliot Smith for rights reasons or maybe they just didn't want to equate simon with someone who like potentially committed suicide or was killed right. or was yeah, severely yeah. depressed like they didn't want to make that connection so maybe that's why but it is a, a curious thing to have changed yeah no that makes sense um so i have another red flag for you 
Uh, you tell someone that you love them and then they immediately run to the bathroom. Uh, when they do the flashback mm. of Simon yeah. and his first girlfriend, they're at the dance and she says, I'm falling in love with you. And he's like, I'll be right back. And he goes and tells his mom that people are drinking and he needs to be picked up. <laughs> now, I will say, though, very relatable. I love that scene. <laughs> it's very relatable, though. If someone, uh, you know, says something like that, and you're not ready. It's like, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> you're you're like, just I like, I gotta ig- go. Ignore gotta it. Go. Yeah. Yeah. It's... um relatable um and then last my last red flag is having a dog called bieber (laughs) like i mean remember how young they are too and like how young like they got the dog as kids and like little kids were really into justin bieber at that time that's true that's okay that's fair my two other red flags saying you're in love with someone (laughs) after some email exchange (laughs) i just don't i mean like i know they were getting really deep and they were helping each other through stuff. And the book has like way more of the email conversations and they are really personal. But like you can't, I just, I don't know. If someone was like, I'm in love, but I've never met him. We just email. I'd be like, girl, you're getting catfished. So so do you think that what you need is to at least hear someone's voice, aka Love is Blind on Netflix? <laughs> I think you need to see them. I mean, yeah. even in Love is Blind, like, yes, they propose, but... Like, they don't really, I don't think they would really, I I guess they are saying they're in love. I don't know. It's so forced. But, um. That's that's for another episode. We'll do a Love is Blind episode. episode. Love is Blind breakdown? There is a lot of comparisons to be made between Love, Simon and Love is Blind. And I have a question for you, Andrew. Okay. Could you fall in love with someone via email? Sight unseen. In the words of Vanessa Lachey. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that I would don't be think so. I could either. I could like so be interested. Hard. I could be excited. Oh, yeah. But I would yeah, never yeah. say like, I'm in love. That's so serious. I mean, yeah, that's insane. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if like, I was at war or something. No, Will like, my you husband know. ever return from war? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know, something like that. But like, <laughs> I think the thing with email is that you can really only have like longer correspondence. Like it's not like these like quick like quips that you can on text. And yeah, stuff they're too. not like real interaction. Yeah, it's like, replacement. It, it's like too thought out, you know, kind of, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's too. No, you don't. Too, you don't know how much of their public personality you are consuming in an email especially if it's totally anonymous i got one more red flag asking someone out in such an embarrassingly public way that they either feel pressured to say yes or they look they or you look like an asshole if they say no that was i mean martin's just a walking red flag he he, i the pun t-shirts the horrible t-shirts that's a red flag he's um just not an enjoyable character on any level no. in this movie. Um, I, I didn't. I, I didn't enjoy his character. <laughs> um, why don't we go into our green flags real quick? I only have one green flag, and it is someone remembering what kind of milk you enjoy in your coffee. Nick remembers at the beginning that Abby likes oat milk. That is cute. That is really nice. I got some green flags. We got some green flags. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton. I just um was preoccupied with other notes <laughs> i knew and that like you were co- these... i knew you were coming strong <laughs> yeah 
some of these are like green flags that this is a good person, even though these weren't necessarily romantic interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought like Abby's response to Simon's coming out was a total green flag. Like she said, I love you. She was like, I'm not surprised, but I didn't like that whole conversation is like, oh, she is showing a lot of empathy and understanding and compassion. And she never outs him, obviously, until it gets outed. Right. Um, So being a good friend when you're, you know, your friend is coming out to you. Um, I feel like Ethan is a walking green flag, confident in himself. Yep. Won't let the bullies get him down. I love Ethan. I want more of Ethan. Back to Abby, like her response to Martin's big like homecoming confession, like asking out, like her response was actually like very loving and firm. So nice. I was like, (laughs) Like... so nice. No, it was so nice, but it also wasn't ambiguous. It was like, I don't see you that way. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I hope we can be friends. I was like, I'm writing this down. Yeah, that was like, that was actually very... It was very good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the the writers nailed it too. Like that was like a good, that was a good scene to put in the movie and write it like that. And then one that's actually about Simon that I think is very sweet when he does get outed or he's, he knows he's at risk of being outed. He is more worried about freaking out blue and putting his identity at risk than he is worried about himself. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. He's kind of like putting the trust that Blue had in Simon. He's holding that in really high regard. That's a green flag. Well, yeah. And the first thing that he did was he reached out to him, remember? Um, and right. he's like, hey, like, I don't know if you've seen. I know you've been away uh, with your dad at a cabin or something. Like, this is what happened. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, even even like you said maybe in the book he was concerned about it beforehand and we didn't really get that in the movie but as soon as it happened in the movie he he reached out so those are our, all of our flags why don't we move on to most dmable dialogue all right so let me take you through our most dmable dialogue so this is lines of dialogue that could be used in a modern dating scenario it could be a dm slide or it could be a dating app usage so my first one here is i like your boots I like your, your boots. No, that's a great, honestly, like when I'm at a bar and I'm interested in someone, I will like pick an article of clothing and start there because it's like, if they're interested in you back, you're going to feel the vibe. But if they're not, right. they'll just say like, thanks. And you haven't really done anything super no, creepy like, or anything. You've just been yeah, like, I love like, your I like jacket. Your, I like your boots. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's classic. That's a gay classic too. Go oh. go straight for the wardrobe. All right, we have a gay classic here on Love and Movies. Our, our first gay classic. Our first gay classic. <laughs> um, all right, so the second most damnable dialogue I have, sometimes I think I'm destined to care so much about one person it kills me. That is in my cheesiest line. That is in my <laughs> cheesiest line. That is that is honestly a red flag. That is a cheesy line, a red flag, and apparently damnable dialogue. Because <laughs> it's, it's a, like, that's, trifecta. that's a lot. Leah's a lot. Listen, like, I why was she in this movie, that that actress, to be honest? She's great. I like her. But yeah, I don't think we're going to get into my we're going to get into my personal recast later. But it's not her. It is certainly not her. All right. So third most damnable dialogue. Disclaimer. This is about to get romantic as F. 
That was like, cute. Like that I actually like that. DMs? I like it because it's like you said self aware. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's sweetening. It's like sweetening what he's about to say, but it's also giving the other person permission to like laugh a little at how cheesy it's going to be. It's a that's a good one. I would like okay. that. I would respond okay. to that. I would li- I would at least heart that DM. Nice. Okay. We got we got uh, an an acknowledgement from Will and his DMs. <laughs> All right, so the last one I have is you're a smart, talented, perfect creature. It's a big compliment. <sighs> yeah, that's from Martin, right? To Abby. Yep. Martin honestly he has, has a lines. couple good. He has some DMable dialogue. Like another one that I actually just thought of is when this is a horrible scene and I would hate to be a part of it, but the actual line you deserve a goddamn superhero. <laughs> yes, not there bad. we go. Most DMable that's dialogue. Not bad. Yeah, I like that one. You deserve a goddamn superhero because you're a smart, talented, perfect creature. Okay, this is actually what you do, all right? You say, disclaimer, this is about to get romantic as F. You deserve a goddamn superhero because you're a smart, talented, perfect creature. Use all three lines, one DM. You're going to get married. I mean, you're going to get married if you do that. Be careful. Use use that. Yeah, that's use too that, powerful. Uh, yeah, be careful out there, listeners. <laughs> yeah, don't be sending me that, or I'll I'll be knocking down your door. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, my most damnable dialogue. I'm gonna go with "You're a smart, talented, perfect creature." Uh, for me, to be honest, um, I think that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I gotta give it to. This is about to get romantic as f. All right. It's All right. it's there sweet. It's charming. It's I think affable. it's it's nice it's too because it, it it and it also ushers in whatever you're about to say next <laughs> in a nice yeah. way. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's setting a stage. It does it all. It does it all. All right, there we go. All right, so let's get into our Prince Charming effect. This is the representation of men in romantic media that lead to unrealistic and idealistic beliefs in women or men in this case, because this is Love, Simon, that mm-hmm. you know lead to lessened relationship satisfaction. So let's get into it. I have quite a few listeners. You might not think this is like a Prince Charming effect kind of movie, but there are a lot of unrealistic elements here. They're sprinkled in um, there. If you have a secret anonymous pen pal, he will turn out to be a hot, well-adjusted soccer player with a full life, friends, family, and ready to commit to you after anonymous yeah. emails. Yeah, I that's, that probably doesn't happen too often, I'd say. I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't think it does. All right, what else you got? Um, this is like a subtle one. But Simon, like, really gets smacked around by, obviously, by Martin, but also by his friends. And he never really, like, throws a fit. I think, again, it's part of the, it's part of the, the needle that had to be threaded with Simon in this movie. Like, right, Simon right. ha- kind of has to be really perfect and, like, faultless. And he, Simon never really is like, fuck you guys. And he never yeah. really is like defiant. I mean, he has it. There's a great speech where he stands up to Martin and says, "Like coming out is supposed to be my thing." Another great scene. Um, but other than that, he's very like patient in the face of shitty behavior from others. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, that, that's fair. But I mean, maybe that's realistic. I got one more. Falling in love, sight unseen. 
Oh, yeah. Not caring at all what the guy looks like. I mean, there's a scene. Did you catch this scene? I thought it was so interesting that they included this. So near the beginning of the emails, um, Blue mentions that he, he, his, like, his Daniel Radcliffe was Jon Snow from Game of Thrones and that he loves Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then Simon's walking around the hallway like, okay, I'm going to try to look out for like, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones fanatics. And yep. he sees like three nerdy dudes. Yeah. And then the look on his face is just like, Ugh. yeah, he's like, never mind. And I'm like, okay, but Simon, <laughs> like, what if that was him? Right. What if yeah. he was and like in all likelihood in like the real world situation of, oh, of yeah. like, something like this happening, like, those are the kids that are gay. Like those are the kids that feel like misfits. And like, that was like a bummer scene for me that he was kind of like grossed out at these like nerdy dudes. Cause I was like, well, what if it's him, Simon? Yeah. Are you still fair. grossed out? Fair. And he fair. never had to confront that. He never had to confront that. Maybe later. Because, in life. <laughs> because he turned out to be a hottie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have three really quick Prince Charming effect uh, options. I just want to throw out there. One, like I said before, so someone remembering your order. I think I feel like that's just that's just good. All right. Oh, may, come may, on. I do. That. Maybe the bar is low. Maybe the bar is low. That's a low um, bar. I right, knew my, my boyfriends like or guys I like like I know they're all right, fair. their tastes. I don't know. Maybe I'm Prince Charming. Okay, so another one I have is a guy pushing you to believe in yourself. Now, this is specifically talking about Martin and Abby in the Waffle House when he is saying you're a goddamn superhero or you deserve a goddamn superhero. And he gets mm-hmm. her up on the table and, you know, just pushes her to scream and yell and, and manifest that for herself. Um, so a guy, you know, yeah, a guy pushing you to believe in yourself. That's nice. And then lastly, I imagine for you, not for me. A Prince Charming effect would be a hot guy taking your order at a Waffle House. Oh, yeah. I love a hot waiter. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be at a Waffle House, but a, a hot guy, you know, taking your order in general. Yeah. I used to do a thing at restaurants. If I thought the waiter was gay or the bartender, I would leave my number. And, and if I was attracted to him, I would leave my yeah. number on, the, on my receipt. I probably did it like a dozen times and I did get a date out of it once. Nice. How'd that go? He was kind of weird. <laughs> Fair. But he was really cute. Okay. Well, but just too weird. Too weird. But you know what? It was worth a shot. Close enough. All right. So this is lovable baggage. You know, every lover, we have baggage, just like every movie has some history and research along with it. So I did some of this research. I'm going to tell you some of this stuff. Well, so Love, Simon is the first rom-com produced by a major Hollywood studio to feature a gay teen protagonist. But did you know... The director, Greg Berlanti, is also responsible for another significant milestone, the first romantic gay kiss on network television as a showrunner of Dawson's Creek. I did know that, in fact. Damn it. Damn it. Greg Berlanti, I mean, I think think the gays know Greg. The gays who like film and TV know Greg Berlanti because he's the one behind Riverdale and Sabrina and uh, so many, so many of today's hit teen series so coming from someone that didn't know much about greg belanti until three seconds ago (laughs) that uh it seems like they picked the right person to make this movie then it seems um yeah i mean i'm glad if they weren't gonna hire a gay lead they at least it's at least a gay director well and and also greg belanti is the one 
it's kind of his baby. It's his project. He's the one that got it going. That's oh, also good, good. why I, I feel a lot more forgiving of Nick Robinson because I know Greg Berlanti really wanted him and kind of convinced him to do it when and Nick they had the right like, conversations. Oh, to, yeah, they had okay, the conversations of like what to do. Like I think I think Nick was like following Greg's lead all the way. That's awesome. Um, well, so Berlanti made Robinson watch Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway to help him prepare for the role of Simon because he saw a lot of similarities between mm. each story. That is interesting. I mean, yeah, and Evan, not gay. So that speaks to like what you were saying. Like, I think this movie tries to hit on some universal truths about growing up and being yep. a teenager that aren't just about coming out. So another thing that I found out is during filming, Catherine Langford and Nick Robinson, they would go out to dinner to connect more as friends. And the whole cast actually went away together for a whole Easter, for like a long weekend. A lot of a lot of method acting for this for this movie, uh, which I, I found kind of interesting, though. You know, I, I feel like you hear more about method acting when it comes to very dramatic roles or people playing like a figure, like a historical figure or um you know maybe they're doing a biopic for a celebrity or something I, I thought that was interesting that they went to the lengths of that for for this movie so another thing uh you mentioned that ethan didn't exist in the book but the author actually said uh she really liked the character and felt like it was like an adopted child of the story because uh, she loves him and what he was able to actually bring to the story so that, that's that's really cool when you get the author's you know blessing for something you've added the the big scene between Simon and his mother, as you said, you know, made everyone cry, wasn't in the original script. Uh, it was Jennifer Gardner's idea to add that to the script, uh, to the movie, to make sure, you know, you have that special mother-son moment. And, you know, it also so makes sense because she is a therapist as well. So she's probably dealing with a lot of uh, clients that are going through things right. like that. So, like, you know, she was equipped to have that, you know, her character is equipped to have that conversation. So it also just makes sense for the story. Another thing I found was an eight minute long scene was cut from the movie, which features Nick taking Simon to a gay bar where he meets a character played by Colton Haynes, takes place after Simon is outed, but before he goes back to school since he's been outed. It was cut because it was slowed the movie down a little bit, apparently. This is part of that section I mentioned of the book where a lot of stuff was cut out for the movie. There's like a period of time where Simon is like navigating being outed, but mm -hmm. it's before he does the whole Ferris wheel thing, which actually is a tilt a whirl in the book. Not as sexy. I think it's interesting though that they cut it out because it slowed the movie down. I imagine that I, I, I wish that see was that. in. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have added a lot. One of my pet peeves about the movie is that like, I mean, not only do we both feel that the friends being mad at Simon is not that justified, yeah. but then they don't even really apologize. There's not really like a heart. There's not like a completeness to that conversation. They just like give him a group hug and are like, let's go to the fair. Yeah. And then it's and, like, oh, that yeah. got resolved. And I think especially like it would have been great to have, you know, in the way that Jennifer Garner and Josh Demel provided scripts for moms and dads, like it would have been awesome to have a script for like a straight male friend yeah who's absolutely like, whose like best friend is coming out as gay like yeah you know that's a tough like that's that's a tough that can be a tough interaction to have that would, that would have been great um and the last thing that i found just as the film went into production nick robinson's younger brother came out as gay yeah it's very cute nick robinson has like seven siblings or something he said and i think he's the oldest or he's like one of the oldest 
And so his younger brother came out. Right, right, right. Well, that was the last research I had found. Did you happen to find anything? Oh, well, I can hit you with some, I'd say some of the key, I've already mentioned a bunch, but like some stuff that was in the book. Yeah, for sure. That was not, like, one of the things that I think is really an interesting change and a smart change from the book is that, like, I feel like the audience of the book is a little bit younger and a little bit nerdier, like, nerdy Tumblr girl who reads a bunch of YA fiction is, -hmm. like, definitely, I feel like, the person who, like, loves this book. Um, And, uh, for example, they're, they're a little bit younger they all come off and are described as like much nerdier. And in the movie, like they're all pretty like, they're like attractive, good looking kids that seem like they're kind of like cool kids. Yeah. 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 They, you know, you don't, you Simon's don't, you very don't like vibe. Yeah. Brooding, like cool cucumber, kind of like, uh, kind of grungy, like not a nerd though. And in the book, Simon comes off like he's a nerd. Like he loves Harry Potter, not just the Daniel Radcliffe thing, but he's like obsessed with Harry Potter references. When they all go to the Halloween party, he dresses as a Dementor, not John Lennon. And Leah dresses as an anime character. And part of Leah's character in the book, Leah's the most changed of all of Simon's friends. In the book, she like she's written as a fat character. And like Leah has her own spin-off book, which is all about also her being bisexual. And at <laughs> oh. the end of that book, which takes yeah. place after Love Simon. Leah and Abby get together. What? Which I would have loved to see with different actors, maybe. I think they're great companion pieces. Like, if you watch this movie and you like the movie, like, read the book. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely things in the movie that are better, like I said, but the book is great too. All right. So now we're going to do lessons in love. So, this is just the best advice that a character gives in the movie. It actually doesn't have to be about love, technically. It can just be advice in general. So, I will kind of tell you a few that I have and then I'll throw it over to you, Will. So, the first one I have written down here is Jennifer Gardner telling Simon that you get to be more you than you have been in a very long time. You deserve everything you want. That's my number one. That's the first one I wrote down. So good. So, so good. I mean, that, I mean, that, that whole, uh, that whole scene can just be taken as like a lesson in showing love, you know, to someone that's coming out as we talked about. So that, that whole scene is, is just great advice in a lot of different ways. That's a good mindset. Even when it comes to like the dating romantic kind of love is like, be your, it's kind of saying like, be yourself you as exactly as you are deserve everything you want yep that's great advice that's how you that's how you find love can't pretend to be someone you're not so i have i have one here written down it's not necessarily advice in the sense that someone is telling someone something uh in in an advice way it's more so like um this was said and i just thought it was very realistic and i was like oh yeah that's so true Announcing who you are to the world is pretty terrifying because what if the world doesn't like you? So I thought that was just so accurate, you know, just so accurate. Um, Obviously, this movie is dealing with someone coming out even beyond that. It's just it's terrifying uh, sometimes just telling people that what you like or what you don't want to do anymore or what you want to do instead. Um, It it can be terrifying because what if those people don't like you? So I thought that was not necessarily advice, like I said, but a a good, a good word, I guess you could say. Um, Did you have any? 
I had you are still you. You get to be more you than you've been in a long time. That was one. Yep. And then another one was you deserve everything you want. Jennifer Garner. Just killing it. Just, just good. And then good the last Jennifer one Garner. I had, I mean, these are all pretty basic, but the last one I had is from Simon's coming out post. And it says, I deserve a great love story. Yeah. And that really is like, that's very much like the thesis statement of this movie, right? It's like, this type of love story has not been represented. And the mm-hmm. reason we're making this movie is because everyone, including gay kids, deserves a great love story, not just to be like a side character. Which, you know, that's a thing that happens all the time in cinema and film. Right. I mean, especially in a rom-com. Especially, yeah, especially like a in friend, a rom-com, you get the gay lesbian friend. friend. Yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. like very, very, very cringy at times. Now we're on to Write Me a Letterboxd, where we find funny reviews on Letterboxd and we read them. So, Will, let me know what you have. I have so many. I don't want to go too hard. I think I This was a good Letterboxd. There are some good... Yeah, I would say, listeners, if you're out there and like, you want some just to take in some funny content, like go to the Love, Simon on Letterboxd and just read the reviews. It's good. And you know what's great about it is, much like you said about the movie itself... It's a good mix between like really sweet, earnest posts that are like, this movie helped me come out to my dad. Yeah. And then like jokes about how like, like one of them that I have here from Robert says, four and a half stars, great movie, but what gay person has their ringer on? (laughs) True. He was, those emails were like bling, bling, blinging on his phone. And it's like, dude, aren't you like afraid that anyone will notice that? Are you afraid anyone will see your emails on the school computer? But that's a whole other conversation. Was, that was like, a choice. That was like, a choice. Come on. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Like log on to the school computer and Google like, am I gay? Like what? I would have never. I would have I would have never like any gay Googling I did in at, at that age was like in the dark pits of my room. Incognito window. Here's my favorite. I think my number one favorite. Simon falling in love with every boy who is remotely nice to him is peak repressed gay culture. And that is so true. Like the the one of the most authentically gay parts of the movie is that like any hot guy who like treats him with any amount of humanity, Simon's like, gay, my boyfriend. There he is. Do we think that's a guy thing rather than a gay thing? Oh, no, I think I think lesbians do it, too. I think does women, everyone do it? No, I, don't I feel like do I do it. I said women as though lesbians aren't women. I don't know if straight women do that. As no, much. I feel like lesbians no, definitely do that. Do you feel like you do that? Like any yeah, any hot 100%. girl who looks at you, uh, you're like you're like she loves me. She's not lesbian. not looks at me, but like I feel like it's. I, I mean, guys are horny all the time, so right that's why i mean that's there's why an I added layer though. Yes, right, right. With there's this, an there's layer. an added layer of like not only like they're gay and they like me yes 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 what else you got dylan said anyway i just came out to my parents lol <laughs> like isn't that great mission accomplished there was actually peep there was a lot of people in the letterbox reviews like coming out did you see that oh so many really great here's another one three and a half stars from sierra simon's friends were shitty as fuck goddamn heterosexuals they expected me to forget how they just abandoned him when he got outed 
because they're selfish bitches just because of how cute the ending was. Ooh, you told us a lie because you were being fucking blackmailed. So we two straights thought we couldn't fuck each other, but now we are anyway. Ooh, our lives are so hard. Fuck off, dumb straight bitches. I'm fucking mad. <laughs> Pop off, Sierra. Uh, how how long after the movie do you think she wrote that? Five seconds. I after. think she literally paused the movie. <laughs> um, I, I had a few. I have. I just realized this must be how straight people feel when they watch rom-coms. Love it. Things Love Simon got correct about gay culture. Iced coffee, musical theater, watching Panic at the Disco videos on YouTube in middle school. Incorrect yep. about gay culture. Simon's ability to drive. Is that a thing? Yeah. Gays can't drive. That's like a joke. That's a meme. The gays I didn't know that. Drive. But is Simon a good driver? I don't know that I witnessed that. We don't have any evidence. We don't have evidence to that. But I see her point. All right, I have one last one. Feature-length adaptation of that time, John Green said, cock is one of my favorite tastes. <laughs> oh my God, what? Apparently John Green that... put that in a book somewhere. I got, I got one more to close this out. All right, let's hear it. Five stars by RJ. I would die for Nick Robinson, but I would kill for Jennifer Garner. It's a very big difference there. Yeah, that's great. Amen. Amen. You know, I said at the top of this podcast that we were going to introduce just some other little categories or conversation starters because of uh, the the nature of, of this movie and, and some other movies that maybe we don't want to always always be laughing about in certain areas. So this one is called Real Love. How realistic is this movie when it comes to some of the love it portrays and just some of the relationships within, whether it's romantic or platonic or familial, um, how does it portray it? So I know, Will, that you have a little list for us. You want to take us through that? Yeah, I got a list. This is mostly about how realistically gay or not realistically gay <laughs> is Simon being. <laughs> this is incredible. Most realistically gay. The kid who everybody knows is gay coming out and having to act surprised. That's a great, that's a classic. It's a great scene. Having a nerdy girl best friend who's in love with you, even though you're gay. That's a classic. Dramatically listening to music in my bedroom with string lights. Super gay. Being the family therapist. Mm. Extremely gay. The gay kid being Mr. Perfect in the family and doing everything for his parents and being the one who everybody goes to for advice and listens to. We have um, Simon not wanting to be thought of differently after coming out and not wanting being gay right, right. to be his whole thing. That is something I definitely felt strongly at this age. And I think a lot of people before they come out like have that fear. So I thought that yeah. was a great, accurate portrayal. Mm -hmm. And my last one is obsessed with iced coffee. We do everything friends do. We drink way too much iced coffee, watch bad 90s movies, and hang out at Waffle House, dreaming of college and gorging on carbs. I didn't know that was a gay thing. I drink iced coffee every day. I actually don't drink coffee at all, but it is like a joke. Wow, look at us, among, outliers. Among the population. Breaking, breaking stereotypes, both of us. Breaking stereotypes. More of a tea guy. More of an iced tea yeah. man myself. More of a straight guy, so. <laughs> well... But you, but you love iced coffee. And but so I love iced coffee. An, that makes you an ally, Andrew. <laughs>
I even um, I even put the flavored creamers in there too. If we really want to get into dang. it, okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty straight. That's not gay, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, here are my least realistic. Okay, let's hear it. Simon's ability to perform as straight bro, very impressively. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but especially the scenes where Simon like grabs Martin by the shirt and is like, "Did you print my emails?" <laughs> Simon not thinking at all about what his email boyfriend looks like and not asking about it. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of gay kids actually do have this sort of like anonymous chat room or even like semi-anonymous dating app chat experience at a young age. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you that those conversations are very much like, what do you look like? Is it big? Send me a pic of your dick. Like, you know what I mean? Not that it yeah. has to, and obviously that right, would never right. be in this movie, but the fact right. that he, they don't ask or even like, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're trying not to tell each other, like they're trying to hide their identity so they wouldn't tell each other anything physical. But the fact that Simon doesn't seem to think about it that much, not buying it. He's a horny teen. And then my last one was Googling how to dress like a gay guy. I'm not, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. though. Maybe. Write in. If you're Googling that, write in. You know those commercials that Google has at the end of the year and they show the top searches every year? Mm. Maybe that's in there. How to dress gay. I would love that. I I would love if like straight guys were Googling that. Like gay guys dress so well. I'm Googling how to dress gay. I I, I mean, I, I confide in a lot of my gay friends on fashion for sure. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, that's it for my list. You got some... I, I just had two things. Obviously, I can't speak to what is realistic or unrealistic about the gay experience in this, but I do have a dad that was an All-American quarterback. <laughs> Whoa, that's a fun fact. <laughs> I can tell you that it is very, on, very, Mr. Downing. it is very, very realistic for a dad it, you know obviously it has nothing to do with being a, a quarterback or anything but a, a straight dad wanting to connect with a, a straight son i thought maybe we could sign up for grinder together you don't know what grinder is do you it's facebook for gay people not what it is and mm. saying jokes that are just very like cringy and they're like about girls you know like so who are you dating these days yep. uh yeah oh yep that girl's attractive, like blah, 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 blah. Like my, my dad will still even do it now. Like I'll, I'll go to the gym with him or something and be like, oh, you should go talk to that girl. And I'm like, do you even know my type? Because <laughs> like that girl is not even my type. Like what do you, so I think right. that's just, that's like, that is so accurate to the, to like that experience, I think. Yeah. I mean, my dad was full of those kind of dumb jokes too. Not quite as boisterously. But, I mean, that's what parents do. The other thing is a dad needing help with a slideshow. Very real. So my parents actually just celebrated their 30th anniversary two weeks ago. Wow. Congratulations. One one thing that my dad called me about was, hey, how do I make a presentation, like a slideshow, and put it on Facebook? (laughs) That's what he asked me. Wow. So, like, legitimately, exactly what happened in the movie yeah 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 
the all American. That's wild. Uh, all American dad quarterback. Uh, yeah, bad making, at technology. Bad at technology, making <laughs> jokes about girls that you should go talk to and stuff. Um, so I thought it was really really funny. All right, so let's go over the changes that we would have made to this movie. You know, obviously in any movie, there's some casting changes, maybe some setting changes, storyline, plot, dialogue, whatever it is. Uh, there's things we would always like to change. So, Will, I want to hear from you first. What are you, what are you feeling that you would change in this movie? For all my little like tweaks and comments about how this could have been gayer or this could have been more accurate, for what the movie was setting out to do, like I said at the top, I think it honestly did almost everything right. And I do think if you were making this movie now, I think you simply have to cast queer actors in the queer roles. What else would you change? I think like if I were taking this movie and I was given a lot more like room to like cut things and add things mm -hmm. i would have wanted more interaction with bram throughout okay. the movie yeah more interaction with bram and, and then if you have to keep it even then have more interactions with cal and with with lyle yeah the other two i think you need to really take some nuance to the way that the trend the the friends treated simon yep i had that with the whole outing and then with the with the ferris wheel scene which of course is great and it's iconic. And from one of the reviews I read, it was Simon picks up his new boyfriend on his way to school and Berlanti has them kiss a second time. The coda made the theater roar in applause and it was their cheering, not the kiss, that made me emotional. And I think that's very true. Like it's like part of the warmth and the love of this movie comes from the outside and not necessarily from like the raw material within the movie right. so i would have loved a little bit more of a, it's, it's the weight of it yeah the weight of it so like i would have loved mo more of the like the conversation on the ferris wheel once like the surprise element is taken away you know when i was watching it the third time i was watching their conversation and i was kind of like this is pretty flat like <laughs> it's just i wanted more from that i wanted a steamier kiss a little bit yeah the kiss wasn't good it wasn't like a great kiss if you're remaking this, I nominate Connor Jessup to play um, Simon. He is in Lock and Key, if you've watched that. Okay, yep. Um, I also love Justice Smith, who was just on Generation on HBO Max. My final one for Simon is Lucas Hedges, another young actor. I think he's like, would have been convincingly kind of like the anxious nerd character. And then for Leah, I think... Uh, Shannon Purser, a.k.a. Barb from Stranger Things. Um, and then uh, Auli'i Cravalho, uh, I think is how you say that, from Moana. Um, another bi actress like Shannon Purser okay. to play Abby. If you're going to like really do that bi storyline justice. Right, right. Um, but yeah, those are my cast queer actors. Give us a little bit more chemistry and and time for them all to interact. and. Those are my those are my changes. My my really quick changes that I had to was I would have added a musical scene. It was it was weird. It was like looming in the background of the movie because there was all these yeah. scenes of the characters interacting around mm. that musical, and then it you just never got it. I thought that something should have came of that. 
I would have loved to see Simon actually try to figure out who it was more actively. I just think that would have been fun to watch, you know, get the whole like mm. pin board with pictures and yarn connecting different people. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I mean. If this were happening in my high school life, I would have totally done that. Go get who go get go get your blue. Get your mans. Go get your man. All right. All right. So as we, you know, wrap up this episode, a few more things I wanted to go over as we close it out. What do you think happens in the next five years with these characters? Oh, man. Well, if you're wondering, you should check out Love, Victor (laughs) on Hulu, which I'm going to keep plugging because I do think it's really well done. What I would love to see in the next five years is like, I mean, I would love to see Simon hitting those different gay benchmarks uh, that are some of which might be less family friendly. Like are he and Bram going to break up and then is he going to go on the dating apps? Right. Is he going to like kind of experiment sexually, figure out what he likes? Um, Is he going to do drag? Mm. Who knows? Well, without knowing any of that that actually happens in some of the books um i i I had written down simon and graham go to college they experiment with a relationship and eventually break up martin starts working at his local subway and eventually ends up on the reboot of to catch a predator love it cal has a mental breakdown and changes schools he also changes his name to alex and he's at the 13 reasons why high school (laughs) oh god yep (laughs) True. Same un- same universe. <laughs> Somehow he's like aged down, but yes. <laughs> yeah, same universe. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, I could see some of that stuff happening in the next five years. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. What, 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 uh, what character would you like to see a love story for that, you know, and it's it, maybe it's a little tough to ask this question and answer it because there are other books and movies but or, or, or shows right. but yeah who would you be most interested in seeing a, a love story for i would love as like such a counteraction to the simon love story i would love to see an ethan love story mm. that type of character the like super femme flamboyant gay character who's like ne- sassy ne- and funny never gets a story really i feel like like yeah th- that role exists but it's kind of like they they exist to be kind of like funny asexual sidekicks like, like and props. even in love yeah. simon yeah that's kind of his yeah. purpose um although simon at least acknowledges like oh i'm jealous of how confident you are and i think yep. that that yep. scene between them in the principal's office is really sweet yep um but i would love to see like just in in the spirit of everyone deserves a great love story no matter who they are like it would be nice to see something that's super refreshingly like different mm-hmm. um and then the other one was the character Cal in the books is actually bisexual and it's kind of a confusing part of the books where Simon is outed and it's this big deal. And then, and then Simon finds out that Cal is bisexual, which is much less common would be much stranger for this high school population to wrap their heads around, but somehow everybody's like, Oh, cool. And like, no one cares. (laughs) Um, And you know, the bisexual, especially bisexual men, I feel like that, is a really underrepresented group. Mm-hmm. Like not only figuring that out, but navigating that, navigating the difference between relationships with men and women. Um, that would be a great, I would love to see a, a bisexual high school rom-com featuring Cal. One that I was thinking of, which I guess is 
maybe wrong of me to um, want to see a straight couple story <laughs> out of this movie. <laughs> but no, no. I mean, I picked a young Josh Dumal and Jennifer Gardner falling in love. I want to see their story. I kind of want to see their story. I think that would be good. I think that'd be good. Same. Um, they have a very loving, non-toxic relationship and household. I would, I would love to see that. Um, some other things that I just had written down as notes before we get out of here and as we wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. Why didn't they have Simon say his name was Red so it could be blue and red? I would have liked that. I was just like, oh, that would have been cool. But that's just me. Yeah. Jacques was a funny Bizarre. choice. Just like weird. Another note I had written down was in the beginning, Simon is talking about his friends and he says, we do everything friends do. We drink too much iced coffee, watch bad 90s movies and hang out at Waffle House. I'm like, I don't know. Is that really what teenagers do? do? <laughs> like, what? I remember his specific phrase is gorge ourselves on carbs. Yeah. It's such a high school yeah. thing to say, but that yeah, is, like that weird. is. Yeah. Will, before we get out of here, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh Anything about the movie you want to get in here before we get out? I've said so much and I have so much more to say. I would say once again, this movie has a special place in my heart. I feel warm and fuzzy watching it. I loved watching it again. I loved Mm -hmm. exploring the story in the books and love Victor. It's so great that this is being made and, and all my kind of tweaks and, and changes are really just because this is a population that really wants to be represented. And so what would make Love, Simon even more special is if it's used as a catalyst to create all sorts of different stories about all sorts of different gay experiences, because this one isn't everybody's. But it it was very special. I think it's really well done. It's funny. And I love it. I, I would like to end with a an alternate movie recommendation, if that's allowed. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, so if you liked Love, Simon, I think this movie has a similar vibe. Um, and this is the movie, like of all like gay movie TV stuff that I've watched, this is the thing that I was like, this is about me and my experience. Super, super close. Um, it's called Alex Strangelove. Uh, is that, is that Netflix? That's Netflix. Right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, uh, written and directed by Craig Johnson. And it's. It's he's kind of a Simon-esque character. He's like an an everyman, good kid, good student. Um, but he has a girlfriend and he's not in the closet, but he is kind of in denial until he meets a guy that kind of like uh opens his eyes to his own desires. And I think cool. It's it's really funny, it's really sweet. Um it's I think it's really heartwarming and family friendly while still acknowledging the fact that like for Alex, it's a sexual exploration and there are they are willing to go there a little bit more. Um, so highly recommend that and love Victor and Simon versus the Homo sapien agenda, the book. Oh, that's the name of the book. That's the name. Yeah, they changed the name for the, oh, for cool. the movie. Yeah, more gay movies. Where can uh where can everyone follow you? Uh, I, I will say, I got to give my my stamp of approval on following Will on social media. He's a he's a fun fun follow. Where can oh, we find thank you? you. <laughs> um, I am at Badwell Hunt on Instagram and Twitter, 
I host another podcast called Bopcorn, which is all about pop music with my friend Justin. So if you liked listening to me talk, check us out. All right. Well, Will, it has been a pleasure. I'm glad we got to sit down, chat about this. Uh, you know, it's not in person, but it's always nice to, to chat with you. And for everyone else, you can follow us at Love and Movies Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll be back next time with a new movie. See you guys.